Welcome to episode 10 of Crossword, Perspectives on WordPress and the Open Web. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Luke. And we have a guest with us this week. Say hello to Jonathan Bossinger. How's it going, man? Hey, I'm good. And how are you? I'm good. So we've got two Jonathans. So can we call you John? Yes, John would be perfect. Most, most people in, in the space know me as John, so John's probably safer. Thanks for taking the hit. It'll be fine. No problem. Thanks for having me. Can I, before you start, can I just say this is the first, I'm quite honored. This is the first podcast where I've actually been invited to be on as opposed oh, to forcing my way in. So thank you. Awesome. <laughs> we're, we're happy to have you. <laughs> no problem. So we came across John. Well, I've known about your work for ages now, man. And uh, I guess when I started to see WP Notify come up again, probably around the end of last year, started to get excited about that project. And so we thought it'd be good to get you on and talk about WP Notify because I think it could be pretty huge for WordPress. So we're going to dive into that today, but I thought maybe to get us started, you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Cool. Um, so first of all, I'm going to start by saying I hate talking about myself, so this might be yeah. short. But I do like talking, we'll so it questions. might be long. <laughs> um, so I'm John or Jonathan. Um, I'm a, a web developer from Cape Town, South Africa. Um, I, I stumbled into the WordPress community in around 2015 when I went to my first mm. local WordCamp. And I tell everybody that it changed my life. Um, when, when I was mm. kind of getting into web dev, um, there were no local communities really. There were no meetups. So you kind of... You went online and you stack overflowed and you Googled and you didn't really get involved in anything people related. And then I went to WordCamp and I met all these amazing people. And then I discovered, hey, WordPress is not just a blogging tool. You mm. can develop software with it. You can develop all kinds of things with it. Um, and so I decided, I remember leaving WordCamp that day, got home to my wife and I said to her, I'm doing this. This is what I'm doing. These people wow. are awesome. <laughs> this thing is amazing. That was, that was just a decision cool. I made. Conviction. Um, yeah, I, I, I just had experience. I, yeah, really, really. Yeah, well, yeah. for me it was WordCamp Gold Coast. I, I, I don't know what year it would be. I could look it up, but yeah, same sort of thing. You know, a, a bunch of awesome WordPress peeps staying up late talking about the future of the web, and uh, it got me excited. I haven't looked back. Absolutely, that's great, and I love I love hearing those kind of things because I think you know. You talk to anybody and you ask them, and I mean, I do this. I have my own podcast where I talk to people in the WordPress space and I ask them what's the great thing about WordPress and nine out of 10 times it's the community. Mm. Um, as a developer, I wish sometimes they would say the code, but I understand why the code <laughs> is not that well up. But nine out of 10 times it's the community. So yeah, it's, it's been an interesting journey. Um, I've, I've loved every minute of it. Uh, so yeah, this, I'm, I'm, I'm now this, this sort of person who's involved in, in WordPress. Um, I ended up, <clears throat> becoming a, um, a codable expert and, mm. and sort of becoming more involved in the community that way. Um, and then interestingly, at the end of 2016, um, a friend of mine, so uh, I don't know if you folks know Hugh Lashbrook, um, he's a community oh, yeah. deputy, he works at Automatic, uh, and he was the chap who was lead organizer of WordCamp Cape Town um, in, in 2015. And then during the course of 2016, I contacted him to find out about meetups and I actually ended up starting to organize the meetups with him. So he and I became good friends. And when he sold his Seriously Simple podcasting plugin to Craig Hewitt, Craig said to him, do you know of any developers that you could trust 
to mm. help me, you know, build and maintain this. And and Hugh gave him my name and the rest is history. So I'm now lead developer for this company called Castos. Um, we do podcast hosting um, for WordPress and outside of WordPress. So you could think of us as similar to a company like Libsyn or um, what's the other one? I can't think. It's too early for me to think of their names. <laughs> no worries. Um, yeah. But but we we focus, our sort of primary focus is the WordPress space because we have the plugin. So we're looking at yeah. you know, hosting your files on the plugin. And then we have other things like uh, analytics and you know various other things. So that's what I so I do now. So it's great because I literally am living my dream. I get to spend a huge chunk of my day building and supporting an open source plugin that two hundred thousand or whatever it is, twenty thousand plus people use every day for free, and that's amazing. And I can't yeah. think of a better way to earn a living. Um, so so yeah. So that's my primary what I what I do now. <laughs> Before we get to uh, into talking more about WordPress, one of the things I was curious about, I looked up your profile and it cited your interest in gaming. What can you tell us about that? Like, what do you like to play? Luke and I started today with a conversation on some of our favorite games. So I, I have been into gaming for as far back as I can remember. Um, yeah. My uncle gave me my first console in about 87, 88. It was an Intellivision something or other that had a game called Lock and Chase and a game called Dungeons and Dragons or something like that. And it was just a, it was just using the Dungeons and Dragons name. It had nothing to do yeah. with, you know, the <laughs> nice. nice. Um, and, and so I've been gaming as far back as I can remember. Um, my first, my first computer was a 086 something with Tetris on it. And I used to sit and play Tetris until ridiculous hours in the morning. <laughs> nice. um, then I stumbled into the world of the Sierra um, adventure games. Um, today I play whatever is fun for me. I mm. used to play whatever, uh, whatever I could get hold of, whatever I could buy today. It's more about what I have time for and what's fun. Yep. Um, the most recent game that I played that I thoroughly enjoyed was Jedi Fallen Order. Um, oh yeah. Because I'm a fan of Star Wars as well. I'll and I'm a fan of that. hack and slash. That's fantastic. Awesome. Jonathan I, is a, a huge RTS fan. He's like a yes. professional, uh, Age ah. of Empires. Oh, Really? Age of Empires I, is, I, is my, I have a 20 plus year love affair with that game and it, and they, really? they're still working on it. It's still getting better. So it's, it's pretty wow. fantastic. Luke and I have <laughs> talked about the idea of what, what would it look like to build a game on WordPress? What well, you would it know, look like to, this, yeah. this ties in so well, <laughs> so well with what we were talking about earlier and maybe sets us up um, for what we want to talk about next. Back in 2013, or I think it was 2013, might've mm. been 20, earlier. Uh, when I was at that Gold, Camp, Gold Coast WordCamp. One of the things that, that was uh, so exciting about it for me was staying up late. I crashed in the room of Dan from WP e-commerce. He's a New Zealander mm. guy and he came, came over. Mm. We became close friends after that. But while he was there, he showed me what he was working on, which was, uh, it's called Game Fruit. I wonder if it's still around. Oh, wow. uh, F R O T, and it will used WordPress and custom post types to create custom games, like little two D side scrollers and all sorts of different. Wow! So you create your own game. Oh wow! But it was all built on WordPress as a foundation. Yeah. Well, I, I would say it's definitely possible, especially if we look at. And I mean, I am. I will. Admit, I will openly admit, and I have done in many conversations. I'm a diehard old school PHP guy. 
Um, mm. But I am I'm really enjoying seeing what's happening in the JavaScript world with things yeah. like Gutenberg and Frontend and Netlify and <clears throat> Gatsby and all these things. It excites me because it opens up your platform to do so much more. So mm. you could take a JavaScript front-end game and use WordPress as the data store or use yep. WordPress as the logic store or whatever. Um, so so that, those concepts definitely excite me. I, I don't think I'll ever get into them. So I actually, talking about gaming, I got into programming because I wanted to be a game developer. Um, Same. So I did, yep. a program, yeah, I did a programming <laughs> course and then there weren't, at that stage, there were no schools, there were no options, there were no game studios. So I would have had to have moved and blah, blah, blah. So I just ended up sticking with, you know, software development, if you will. But the, what I've seen, I mean, there are so many sites out there that are using, um, were using Flash, now using JavaScript to recreate yeah. games like Street Fighter and yes. games like Sonic. So the, the scope is definitely there. Um, that's, that's one of the reasons why this move towards uh, building JavaScript frontends excites me because it gives you the opportunity to do so much more with your quote-unquote old technology, um, which, which excites me. The, the WordPress and gaming hook for me was the simple idea of like, all right, if we think of WordPress as an operating system for creating on the web, at some point it's like, okay, what would it look like to have a game built on that operating system? What would it look like for like part of the, the, the fun of the exploring the idea was like having multiple WordPresses talking to each other or having these, these worlds that you sort of build and this web, it really centric on an open web, like mm. connections between each other and, because you could do all sorts of just from a data store perspective, that's kind of interesting. But also, anyway, it was a, it was a fun exploration. Took some notes and probably will never get to it. But uh, it's always fun <laughs> to experiment with things like that. I don't know. Speaking I think somebody of, will get to it. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of WordPress as an operating system for the web, one of the things that you need if you if you're running an operating system is notifications. Yes. <laughs> And that's something that, that you've been kind of passionate about, yeah, John, and, and contributing to uh, in the form of this WP Notify project. Sure. So, so to give you a little bit of background there, I, being a PHP developer, I got into WordPress. The idea was I would build websites and I would use, you know, page builder themes and I would build websites because who's going to need a PHP developer in WordPress? WordPress does everything. And I discovered, hey, there's still people looking for custom development. There's still people looking for custom plugins, custom themes, extending plugins, whatever. So <clears throat> I started working with Seriously Simple Podcasting. I, because I was doing that, I was involved with, you know, submitting the plugin updates, making mm. sure we followed the guidelines. Part of my job was making sure we keep following the guidelines. And at the same time as doing that, I was working with Codable clients. And I would log into Codable uh, client sites and I would be the first, it's the first time I'm logging in as a user oh. and you just get <laughs> bombarded. Oh, you yes. just get bombarded, you know. Yes. You want to talk about below the fold? Well, the fold is where the notifications end. <laughs> yeah. you know? And then I can see the rest of my data. So I have to spend five minutes every day closing and dismissing and blah, blah, blah. And so from and, an and early this close stage. And dismiss it for the customer as well. And should I be touching this? It's their website. I don't want to break it. Exactly. Exactly. Like, is yeah. this, if I do this, does the customer need, and all of that, you know, and, and what am I doing, and what's wow. going on, who and why? And so from a very early stage, I developed a hatred, <laughs> and I'm going to call it a hatred, yes. for this bombardment of notifications. Then I became a plugin maintainer, uh, maintaining the Serious Simple Podcasting plugin. 
And then I got into how these notices get generated and I went, okay, now I understand why it's done this way because mm. people are using something that was meant for something else. Mm. They're using it for what they want to do and that's not fit for purpose. So I started thinking, we, we need to do this better. We need to, and I know this is open source. I haven't yet contributed to Core. I've been part of other teams in the, in the, in the, in the sort of the last couple of years, but we need to figure out a way to how do we, you know, and I'm starting to think about how do we do it. So in the process of building on Seriously Simple Podcasting, we would have conversations about when we add this notice, what pages are it going to display on and for what point and are we going to dismiss it and are we going to allow the user to store it or whatever. So we mm. already my mind was around how do we, how do we make sure that our notifications at least, because I can only control my part of the web, but how do I make yeah. sure that our notifications are not making other people hate me? Is <laughs> literally yeah. what it boils yeah. down to. And then Alon Schlesher posts this amazing tweet. And he says, there's this project that I have don't have any more scope for. Um, if there's somebody out there, I've done some, I've written a, a proposal if mm. there's somebody out there who wants to pick it up. And Alon and I have known each other for a year at that point. He was also a codable developer. We'd met, I think, at WordCamp Europe the previous year. I even had him on my podcast. I was like, oh, this is interesting. What's this? And I click. And it's his notifications proposal. And it just mm. kind of, the heavens opened up. And I went, well, here it is. <laughs> you know, here is my opportunity to, to take this horrible mess and, and make it better for everybody. So the alignment of my thinking at the time and his tweet was almost, um, you know, perfect. That's fantastic. Um, but then you, then you get into it and then you go, okay, but now this thing doesn't exist. There is no, this already exists. We just need to make it better or it exists, but there's problems. It doesn't exist. There is no notifications, anything. It's admin notices that have been um, misused reappropriated yeah reappropriated you know so how do we go about so i i literally took some time i spoke to alon i spoke to uh gary gary pendergrast i spoke mm -hmm. to a number of members on the design team i spoke to tammy um i spoke to various people and i said how do we do this how do we make this work and i got some great feedback from them and so what we're busy with right now which we started i think it was about midway last year towards the end of last year which will probably take us another maybe six months to a year is what should this thing be mm. in a perfect world? If I could snap my fingers tomorrow and this was in place, what should it be? Let's put that down. And then once we have that, what do we start with? What is version mm. one and how do we work up to final wish list? And that's hard because there are so many different types of notifications and what does notifications even mean, right? Like, is it a notification when you hit, uh, update post in Gutenberg and it comes in the little corner in the bottom left corner it says post updated is that a notification or is it a notification when you need to put in the uh, license key for a new plugin that you just installed uh, there's so many different use cases here it must be just mm -hmm. next to impossible to figure it all out right so how are you going about doing that well that's I mean that's part of the process you know, so part of the process is defining those terms and defining mm. what falls under notifications and what maybe doesn't. And so the only way that I could look at it and the only way that it made sense to me was to look at how do I develop software right now within my team mm. and how can, I, how can I make that work within an open source project? Because an open source project is not a small development team or even mm. a big development team. You could get 
you could you could build a development team with exactly the same number of contributors as we have in the project and they still would be two totally different beasts because mm -hmm. the one is paid and the other one is volunteer and the one is all at the same time roughly and the other one isn't and all of this the one has a product owner who defines how this thing is going to work because that's what the clients need wordpress isn't like that so i first sat down and i thought okay we need to gather our knowledge we need to gather the resources so we and I, and i kind of i would say almost fumbled my way through this hmm. and and part of what i did I've, i think i've kind of learned a little bit about how to sort of manage this but in the beginning i was very okay we have a proposal we 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 set up a channel in slack we then set up a regular meeting time that suited me because i was running this but hopefully suited a lot of other people and then what <laughs> yep what do we do then you know so i could i could do this one of two ways i could start saying this is what we should do and this is how we should do things and then it becomes jonathan's projects and the way jonathan does things or i could say right put it out it has a good ring to it <laughs> put it <laughs> jonathan's wp notifications um put it out to the community and get their feedback and what i found over the course of the last six months is it kind of needs to be somewhere in the middle mm. so what i've discovered when you're trying to manage a it's not even a feature project yet it's just an idea it's just this yeah you know ethereal thing but when you're building something that is new in an open source project you need to allow it to be open for feedback but you also need to learn you almost need to guide, and I don't want to mm. say the word sheep, but I'm going to use the terminology. You need to guide the sheep down a path, but you need to let them also figure out their own path. And I apologize to mm. anybody involved in the project for me just calling them sheep, but it's, <laughs> it's the analogy that I came up with. It's this interesting balance, right, of mm. taking charge and taking ownership uh, because mm. every project needs a bit of that. And also, it's an open source project that powers a third of the web. And who are you to say how it runs? You know, so exactly. Um, exactly. And that's part of my frustration with things like Gutenberg is I feel there's not been, uh, well, I think a lot of people felt left out of that process. Mm. Right. And look at what's happening with themes now. I, I think that there's going to be a lot of people who are surprised by the direction mm. that block based themes are going. Um, how how do you find a way around that? I really like that you started a Google Doc around this. Mm. Mm. Personally, I was so even Google that. So so that's so that's even an interesting conversation. So even the decision about what documentation we were going to use was a discussion. So the first I would say the first month, maybe month and a half of meetings was literally mm. what tools are we going to use? What tools is everybody comfortable with? Yeah. Um, the initial the initial uh, document that Alonso uh, wrote up was in Notion because he uses Notion. But the problem mm. with Notion is not everybody necessarily has access to Notion. Mm. Um, so I I use in my personal capacity I use Google Docs. In my uh, work capacity I use Notion. But the decision was definitely a community decision of well everybody can access Google Docs. So for those of us and I. I'll be the first to admit that I'm starting to move away from the Google machine. I've recently switched back to Firefox from Chrome. I'm looking into alternatives for my documentation. Um, but at the moment, the majority of people can access a Google Doc. Um, so that was why the decision was made. Um, but what I found was very early on, everybody, everybody, everybody who wants this, and a lot of people want this, is excited. And they're ready mm. to get going and they're ready to start building and doing and thing and you have to slow everybody down and say listen folks that's great i'm i'm, I'm super happy with your your enthusiasm and mm. your opinions I and mean, we were having 
we were having discussions about object-oriented programming in those first meetings. <laughs> we don't even know what to call these things yet, but we already know how to develop them. You know? and, and I respect the people who have those mm. opinions. And when we get to yeah. the point of development, I'm going to invite those people back. But right now, we're still defining what tools we use. We're still defining what notifications even are or should be. Um, so what I found works, going back to the original question of how do you figure that out, what I found ended up working was letting it be open for a while. Let it be just crazy feedback and gathering of knowledge and information and let people put things down on documents and one chap went and sort of everything that existed and he put it down and he started putting things together and then there was a tapering off of that of that uh, energy and things started slowing down and I went okay fine everybody's kind of said what they wanted to say about this and everybody's kind of given mm. the feedback they can think of now I'm going to come in and that's what I'm doing from this year and say right now we're going to start adding some structure to our meetings mm. so where our meetings used to be last year just give me your feedback now it's okay, folks, we have some mm. piece of information with some headers. Every week when we have our meeting, we're going to focus on one of those sections mm. and we're going to dig in deep in that section. And whoever's at the meeting can talk about it. We can comment about it. Then we're going to leave a post on the wordpress.com, uh, wordpress.org uh, core blog to say, yep. oh, this is what we discussed. Please give us your feedback. Then in the next meeting, if there's any feedback, we'll incorporate that into that section. And then, and so slowly we're going through the documents finalizing if you will the different sections now mm. what i'm finding is as we're going through the document is, ch is still changing because as we're as we're working through with more of a focus we're realizing oh this doesn't make sense here or this is is irrelevant or you know luke i think you posted wow. the use cases um and mm. so we included the use cases now that defines how the document change changes so we're kind of still gathering feedback but with more of a focused approach um and i'm finding right now that to be working really really well to kind of mm. get us to that end goal of this is our wish list requirements document um and i'm getting what i'm finding is because we're following this process the people who are joining the meetings they know what to bring to the meeting so they don't mm. just bring anything they bring focused on the section we're talking about and then we we focus mm. on that we discuss it the meetings don't end up overrunning because it's not just a free for all of information it's focused on this area so they bring their one or two bits and then they're done and so our meetings are now 30, 30, 30, 35 minutes. And we're actually moving forward as opposed to just everything is just a, a random show. This, this to me is really interesting from a few perspectives. It's really interesting from the perspective, like if you look at WordPress as an operating system, notifications, like this is essential to WordPress growing and improving <clears throat> as a thing to work on. It's also really interesting and I'm going to be interested to see where this goes of how does stuff get done in open source? Like this mm. is, I don't, there, there's not a, there's a lot of different ways to do things. And mm. I think sometimes what we just need is multiple perspectives, multiple, mm. like, as I'm hearing you approach it, for me, I'm definitely more of the Russian, let's do something right away. What I know and what I've sort of learned over the years is like, hey, it's, we don't have to be the fastest it's not a like it, it it good things take time i i think a great example is if i plant something in a garden i might want it to grow immediately and see the the result but the reality is that i need to do what i can to nurture it and care for it and mm. there might be a better analogy than sheep somewhere in that garden <laughs> caretaking i'll remember that <laughs> but ultimately i can't make it grow any faster I need mm. to be patient and do the things, let the seasons go. There'll be the season of a lot of growth. There'll be times where it slows down. And then if I'm patient long enough, mm. Mm. I'll 
often get to enjoy the the outcome or something else will happen a bird will take it away um but yeah that it's really interesting to hear you describe the process and and i i can see a future state where the impact has been made notifications have been figured out as best they can be for that current state and looking back i think an important thing will give people confidence is understanding the process and whether they were involved in it or not, being able to go back and see, hey, this is what we went through. There was this period of time mm-hmm. where it was open, where anyone could bring the crazy ideas. We let that sort of settle. It was synthesized and it was transparent along the way. And anyway, yeah, it's it's really interesting. Mm. So so I'll, I'll actually um, let you in on a little insight there. Part of one of the reasons why I took this was also to kind of set an example. Um, because awesome. I I followed what happened with Gutenberg, and I don't blame anybody on the Gutenberg team for the for the backlash that they got. I knew mm. what was going on at all times, but that's because I'm interested and involved with the project. But yeah, I saw what happened with Gutenberg, and I thought, so there's one example where a project happened and people felt like they were left out, rightly or wrongly. I'm not going to make a decision on that. How can I? What can I do to wow. try and make this process more more um, transparent? and set an example for future teams or for future contributors to say, when we do things, let's look at this project, let's look at how it went, let's look at what worked and what didn't and try and implement some of that as we go. Um, not, trying to, not trying to say like I'm amazing and I, I know everything, but yeah. ha, ha, going forward with, with the popularity of WordPress and with the number of people that want to contribute back, how do we make it easier to get things done properly? When you first cited the notifications, you get were both describing your experience. One of the things I love about WordPress is that that's possible, that you can have these sort of crazy, chaotic messes. And and when and the way that I see us fixing that is not to like make it no longer possible, but to incentivize and reward and model better ways of doing things. Mm. So when I hear you describing this, like it's exciting to me to give people like here's a, here's some guidance here's what here's a way that this could be done and because mm. it's open source like you don't have to do it this way you could do it another mm. way you could try different things because we want like 10 years from now something better uh, better ways of doing things there'll be conti- more improvement we want to continue growing mm. but the way we get there is by looking like figuring out how to take current state and figure out a better way to do that and share it mm. openly and mm. anyway that, that's some, part something of what that I'm quite this. Something that I'm quite inspired or sort of driven by. So I spent when I when I started contributing to WordPress, I um, was contributing to the Docs team. Um, they were mm. starting the whole pub project uh, that was back in 2015, 2016. Um, and then from there, I discovered the community team, and and I got more involved in that. And one of the things that you do if you are a WordCamp lead organizer is you are um, it is suggested to you. It's not a requirement, but it's strongly suggested to you that you write a recap post. So you talk about. Mm what went right and what went wrong during the course of leading this WordCamp. Now, a WordCamp, if you've ever planned one or been involved in organizing one, is not something that happens quickly. It takes a chunk of time, you know, six months, a year, whatever. So to write a recap, you are describing the process and you're letting the next WordCamp organizer or other WordCamp organizers know what worked and what didn't work for you. You don't see, and, and it's starting to happen more and more now, but you don't see a lot of that in core development where somebody actually writes a big recap post over this project and this is what worked and this is what didn't work. And I think that if we can, when we finish, and I say we, the community, I don't mean me as, you know, we as yeah. notifications, but when we finish big projects, 
um, if we can get into the habit maybe of writing these nice long recap posts on core, this is right. This is when we started. This is the idea that we had. This is the process we followed. This is where what mm. went right. This I is what it. went wrong. This is what we're trying to learn from. Then other teams and other contributors coming going forward can learn from that. Um, something else that defines the way I think is one of the first things that I ended up doing when I got involved with WordPress was, I think it was in 2014, um, they released the Milestones book, which is the mm, story yes. of WordPress from inception up to 2014. So I went and I read that book yes. and I went and I listened to all the interviews with all the people who were interviewed for that book. And so if you don't have that knowledge, you might end up making the same mistakes, you know? And, yeah. But I, I sort of went and got that knowledge and I listened to, uh, for example, um, uh, Jeff Pierce, who's a, a local developer who currently works on the themes team, uh, South African guy, Cape Town. He was um, at the time working for Woo Themes and the menu system that we still use to mm. some degree to this day was from yep. a Woo Themes product. And he spoke about his experiences. So I think I, I'm of the opinion, at least, that I think a lot of people today, maybe over the course of the last five years till today that are getting involved in WordPress, they, they don't realize the history of how we got to this mm. point. And I think that history is so important. And so that, that history is always in the back of my head um, of how do, we mm. prevent, how do we prevent future situations where people are up in arms because they weren't informed and they didn't know. They probably were informed. They probably did know. But projects don't happen the same as they do in, in, in the private sector. Um, yeah. You know, they happen very, very differently. Okay, so we've got this document that outlines definitions and problem spaces and research and things like that. Suppose we get to the end of, of putting it all together and everybody agrees yeah, it's looking good and we sort of sign off as done. What's the next steps after that? So the next step after that is to take that document, and we have discussed this in meetings, but the next step to, is to take that document and say, right, what is our version one? What is our minimum viable product for those of you who are in the product space? Uh, because there's no way we can we can build the entire wish list. It's going to just take too long and people are just going to get un uninterested. So we take that document and say, right, what do we do now over the course of X amount of time to implement something that is the minimum set of requirements that we need to build a good foundation for the next iterations? Um, that is probably a process that will take some time as well to refine that minimum set of requirements. Um, and then once we have that, that's where the fun starts because then we start looking to build that. Um, possibly as a feature plugin, um, I think that seems to be the sort of recommended way and I tend to agree with that because then you can install it and people can install yep. it and they can play with it and we can get feedback. Um, but probably the, the, the my guesstimation will be that sometime around the way we're going sometime around the middle of the year, we'll have that, that final full wish list requirements. And I would like to try if we can, I, I, I'm not putting my hand on a, on a, any kind of document to say we're going to yep. definitely make this, but <laughs> I'd like to try and at least have an MVP feature plugin by the end of 2020, um, yes. that people can start installing and it'll, it'll show them changes. What that plugin is going to do, I have no idea <laughs> um, because we haven't, we haven't got the full list of requirements yet. And we haven't finalized version one. But my goal is to try and get us to a point where we have a version one plugin. Remembering as well that part of the reason or at least part of the process of this project is also to look at how do we build the software? Yep. Yeah. Um, what, what, how do we build how does it? the process work? 
yeah, do we build it the way it's always been built or do we want to build it in a more modern way, in a more yep. PHP 7 way or whatever the case, or, right. or a JavaScript way or a Gutenberg or whatever. That's still something that needs to be mm. defined. Um, and people have opinions about that. Yeah. Um, so it's it's going to be managing those opinions and expectations. Um, there is some, you know, because, because Elena and myself are developers, we tend to get excited about his technical implementation yeah. ideas and what he would like to see happen. And I would like to try and stick as close to that as I can. Um, but I also understand that when it gets merged into core, it might not necessarily go that way. What about the design phase? And so that's the thing. The design phase is something that I'm going to, I don't think I've ever said this publicly, but I'm going to say it today. I am going to need somebody with a very strong design focus. And I mm. do, there is somebody currently involved in the team. Um, Aaron, I'm going to butcher her surname, Kasili or Kasali, Kasali, I think it is. Kasali, Kasali thank you. Yeah. Um, she's currently involved in the process mm. and she has a strong product and design background. So if, if she's able to stick around, she will probably be that person if she's up for it. But I definitely don't have those skills or those muscles. So I'm mm. going to need that kind of input and that kind of putting me in my place and telling me to slow down. Um, and, that, and that is something that I said very early on. I said, I'm going to need people I can't do this all myself. I don't have yeah. enough of a broad range of skills. So I'm going to need yeah. people that are strong in those areas to, to champion those areas. As I'm listening to all this and being someone who loves to like do things quickly, I'm finding myself hard pressed to imagine a better way to do it. Like even given my inclination for speed because of just the importance of the project. Like I think, and part of this too, as as I'm hearing you describe it and sort of considering my own experience, that you there is some a lot of a fair amount of pioneering here that's happening, mm. right? Like in terms of synthesizing well, process just, and bringing things together. Just to interrupt you, yeah, nothing like this exists. You know, it's yeah. not like we have, it's not like we're building Gutenberg and we have an existing classic editor. Yeah, yeah, you know, we we have nothing. We're, we don't even. We're introducing. Have this is a pretty fundamental thing. And yeah, to figure out how to and, embrace and the legacy exists. of 16 years and and put us on a foundation that takes us into the future. It's yeah, it's, exactly. a, it's yeah. a big project. Another another thing that I'm thank you. Another thing that I'm sort of thinking about doing, and I had thought about it from the beginning, is actually when we have these sort of logical breaks, if you will. So when we finish mm. the first requirements documents and we've got all the requirements, wish list requirements, actually then writing a recap pass on that process. Yeah. How did we start? How did we get there? How did we end up there? What did we do? What did we not do? Um, in my in my day to day work, when I when I am building for either Sirius and Party Passing or Castos, I am regularly writing not so much recaps, but I'm I'm putting in release notes. Yeah. Um, we have a process where if a new feature comes out on the Castos system, I need to write a release notes page so that the rest of the team can go and read those release notes and know what new features now exist. And where the help docs are and those kind of things. Now that's easy to manage when you have a five-person team. Not so much mm. when you when you're building for an operating system that's managing 35% of the world's website. Mm. And I think that in the project, in the WordPress project, sometimes sometimes we don't communicate as well as we should. So those are the kind of things that I think about daily. Like how do we how do we give that knowledge and background and, and history and those things? And that's kind of interesting. One of the reasons why I love what um, we've done with the Google Doc, because right at the top, we have all the different yep. links. Um, we've got the Slack links. We've got this. We've got that. So anybody who hits that page can very, and right at the bottom, I think, of the document, we've got sort of history of how we got here. Um, anybody who hits that document and, and, and wants to get involved can get that history and that, and that background. 
Oh, that, that's fantastic. And I'm looking forward to watching as it develops. And I feel I, when I first came across it and uh, I definitely had to be like, whoa, why isn't this moving faster? This needs, and, but now I feel just very interested to watch it to naturally unfold. And, and um, I'm from my perspective, I'm looking for, okay, well, how can, what, what, how can I help? Like, what are the areas that it needs? And it feel like, it feels like it's in, it's on the trajectory that it needs to be. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm glad you feel that way. I, uh, this is something we don't talk about and we probably should, but I struggled in the first few months. I struggled mm. to get focus and, and drive and direction and am I doing the right thing and also a little bit of imposter syndrome because while yeah. I've been involved in the project I've never contributed to core I've never submitted a patch in my life yeah uh, so who am I to come along and say how things should be done on a feature development project you know um, but uh, yeah it's 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 some days it's great some days it's scary some days you know you're, you're dealing with load shedding and you can't make the meeting and you know these things happen <laughs> Part of it is this difficulty that you've gone through in the opening is part of what's ultimately probably key to this working, right? Like mm -hmm. you had this, you sat through that pain, you're developing empathy, you're going to be in a really good spot to advise the next generation, no Star Trek mm -hmm. reference intended, on <laughs> like how to like how to get involved. And I think about mm -hmm. what does it look like for our kids to eventually contribute to this project? Mm -hmm. And that's anyway, so. I'm excited. I appreciate all that you've invested and the team that's that all the other folks who have been contributing to it and the many more who will be and uh, looking forward to seeing how it develops. Awesome. Thank you very much. Well, it's been fun, Jonathan and Jonathan. <laughs> thanks for hanging out. Cool. No, and, it's been great uh, to be here. And thank you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. And Jonathan, I will see you again next week. Uh, Jonathan, I'll catch you on Slack.